What's going on everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell here for our Week Look Bad podcast here on a remembering September 11th, 2020. You know, I'd be remiss to say if you know anybody, if, if you know anybody that's affected by 9-11, our hearts go out to you guys, you know, just to... Um, you know, keeping track of that, and, and we appreciate everybody who, who who helped out with that, and it's definitely a day to remember. But we have a great show for you lined up uh, today, guys. I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined as always by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, Oil and Gas 360com Stuart Turley. How are you doing this morning? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, we've had a busy week. We got a busier week coming up from some of my sources. I have a busy, busy week. We have a hall pass to give out this afternoon, so this is step one of a two-step process to get you out on the weekend. Guys, we made it to Friday episode number 46 here on the 360 Digital Closing Bell. You know, it's uh, if you're listening to this, it's, uh, as, as I mentioned, September 11, 2020. It's about 6.29 a.m. Uh, oil's currently trading at 37.07. Holy smokes. At least it rebound. We saw 36. Oh, overnight session drove that down. Uh, we were seeing 36 bucks. But now as, as we roll into um, today here, uh, above that 37 handle, not, not good. Um you know, we're going to cover, we have a lot to cover on the show today, Stu. We're going to cover everything that happened last week. Um, we're also going to dive into the crude oil inventory numbers. We're going to check in a little deeper with go, what's going on with the oil price and then check in on the 360 non-official fund. But first, guys, the show is brought to us by the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, where you can find all of the news stories, anything related to energy, news, or finance, guys, go to it. Oilandgas360.com It's no doubt the world's greatest website you can also find this podcast there, the 360 Digital Closing Bell, where it's also available on Apple Podcast, iTunes, same thing. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Oil and Gas 360 and this. You can follow Oil and Gas 360 on all the social media platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I don't actually think we're on Instagram. We'll figure it out if we need to actually do that. Stu, you also run the Energy 360 podcast by our conference available on all major podcast platforms. That is where you interview wild number of energy thought leaders. Who do you got coming up on that? Um, we've got folks from even Microsoft uh, from their security team because security is such a big issue. Uh, Monday, we're releasing uh, as a, sto- a wonderful story from Canada. Not wonderful, but uh, he has such a hell. He had to shut down his family business because of oil field service. And his he and I talked about the impact to his family, his employees, what an attitude. What an interview. Uh, we have in Veris, uh, another one coming up from them. Uh, Rob, an absolutely wonderful update. We love them. And uh, we've got several big hitters. Uh, you've got one coming up. Um, you want to give a, a shout Yeah, I think out? we can announce it because we've been tossing emails back and forth. We've got president of Liberty Oil Field Services, Ron Geist, on the show. We're recording that Monday probably push that out Wednesday or Thursday. We don't know actually when, but we'll try to be, but we'll be recording that on Monday. I'm pumped for that. And you know, to kind of, I, I love playing inside baseball. I hit the, I, I hit him up to try to do this weeks before the Schlumberger deal happened. I just yeah. wanted to sit and chat technology with him because his background in technology, I think plays well with where I think me and Stu really see the industry going in terms of how things line up. And then all of a sudden this Schlumberger deal falls in our lap. So it's going to be a long show. We'll pr- I guarantee we're over 45 minutes. We'll probably have to throw this bad boy in two parts. I'm excited for it. And I hope you guys enjoy it. 
Oh, he, uh, he is such a class act. I've already started putting together my notes, and I was like, yeah, this is going to go 45 minutes to an hour. So I almost might just sneakily extend the invite another half hour so that when we roll over, oh, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. Oh, well, no, you're... Uh, I'm just excited for you because you are geared up and excited. Now, I, the you know, inside baseball, I'm going to have to play Mr. Producer. Uh, holy crap. <laughs> nah, it's not, it's not that bad as long as we make sure we have your OBS settings right. But seriously, guys, the Energy 360 podcast is available. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your show. Check it out um, all via the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. It took, it took about a wild week, specifically not just in the equity markets, which is if, you, if, if, you, if you're tapped into the equity markets, you've been on a legitimate roller coaster. Uh, you know, last Thursday, Friday, um, and Tuesday, markets closed Monday due to uh, Labor Day. Absolute massive sell-off. About 10% um, of total NASDAQ value was wiped out. Huge selling when it comes into tech stocks. As we know, there was a huge run-up in buying, specifically in a lot of those big tech names. That's why I talk a lot about the NASDAQ, because that's where all of this buying has come and turned out. You know, now, you know, now to get into some hedge fund games. But SoftBank, which is a very large investment company out of... Uh, China bought about $5 billion of call options specifically on these tech names running up, and that really led to this huge, huge, what a lot of people would say overinflated uh, you know, indices market, specifically in, in, in that major tech space, Tesla, Facebook, all of their chests. And now we saw, you know, three days you saw a pullback. You know, Tuesday, first day out of Labor Day was, was really bad. We saw every indice was down about uh, 1.75 percentage points. Um, crude, though, and this is why... We walk by day by day. Crew had a terrible, terrible day on Tuesday, dropping about six and a half percentage points. You know, we opened up the day trading at, well, to give you an idea, um, on Friday we dropped from $43 um, down to $39.91.40. So that's where uh, market closed. Market closed, to give you guys an idea, it closed at $39.38. Not good. So that was not good to see on Friday afternoon rolling into a long three day weekend. Well, then what happened? Markets open and we continue to dance around that 39. Well, then what happened um, at about 1 o'clock? Saudi came out and announced their official selling price, which is a benchmark that they use to actually sell crude to their buyers. They're dropping a $1.5 discount to WTI on all of their Arab light exports. Absolutely drove down completely. I don't want to say tank the price of oil. We only lost about a dollar and a half, but we went down from, we were trading at 38.74, and within about, I want to say an hour stew, we saw 36.29, an absolute pullback. And we talked about this on the long form podcast Monday, so I don't want to dive too much into it. But this, I mean, this, you want to talk about who this hurts? It hurts large operators because obviously, you know, 40 is better than 37, but it's really only a $3 swing. What, who it hurts are the smaller operators who are going into loan season and have to redetermine all of their reserve-based loans, which are based off oil price and a $3 swing in oil. Gosh, I should remember. I, I a $3 swing in oil goes it, it's it's I don't want to say it because I saw that it, it it was a note I saw and I don't remember. But 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 I want to say it's it's north of 15 to 20% of your total revert based loan can change based off $3 oil. Whereas if you're a large company, that $3 it, it affects you, don't get me wrong, but it's you're not your loans aren't decreasing to the size where now you're in 
oh, you're, you're in forbearance now. So that's just really what not scares me about this, but makes me really sad about this. But Saudi really had no choice but to do this. I mean, they they cite weak demand outlook. And I think as, as pumped as everybody has been about the economy has been recovering, I think the stock market has quote unquote recovered. It has if you kind of, even if you price in this 10% drop, the, the, the energy industry, and I think the rest of the economy that's not attached to the stock market, I don't think is doing that well. And it's clear, weak demand numbers, um, jobless claims continue to pour in. Um, Labor Department dropped um, another 884,000 people filed for unemployment last week. Um, jobs reports leading up to have just been super weak. So I think while the stock market, irreverent of that three-day chunk, what we would call the Great Depression of of, of, of November <laughs> of September 2020. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, 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 it the rest of the market I don't think is doing specifically the energy businesses has, has not has not recovered to the levels which would have been nice to see. But the energy business goes as as crude oil price goes. So as long as crude oil price stays this low, it, it, you we're, we're going to continue to talk about this and. Another big thing that, that, that kind of happened over the weekend that we chatted about a lot on Monday was, was the blackouts that are going on in California. And, and, and we dove into that heavily on the show. And, Stu, you're just shaking your head. So I'm going to let you pop in on this one. What? Uh, Is there any updates with, what, with what's going yes. on out there? Are they still rolling through? Walk us through that. Because this Tuesday was when – because kind of over the weekend is when they got all the heat. That was when the mayor – I don't know who was it. Was it the mayor of Sacramento or somebody yeah. came out and a, a politician came out and tweeted three o'clock, turn your lights off, turn it all down. Yep. Wild. Um, it, it's PG&E and there's, there's a couple things. Uh, wildfires are just wiping them out. Now, why are wildfires happening? It's because of the Sierra climate change. Pardon? No, oh, no. Climate change. Uh, I, I, we'll, we'll leave that one alone for another discussion. But um, in and uh, it's the Sierra Club, it's the environmentalists that are wrong on taking care of the forests. Well-managed forests don't have forest fires. Period. They can control them. If you leave them alone, fires are a normal occurrence in nature and they wipe everything out and then it restarts. Well, guess what? People live in the area where it wipes them out. Um, PG&E is having some serious problems all the way across trying to keep their grid up because 30% of the power in California is uh, renewables. They have not kept up with uh, they're shutting down their nukes. They're shutting down uh, coal. They're shutting down anything. And renewables don't have that kickback on that grids require. And it is bad management. They've been blaming the grid management for this problem. It's not. It's a technology issue. And it's how the grid is set up with input. Good grief. What a bunch of bad management <laughs> it's 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 really unbelievable the the mismanagement and the and how you can you know how, how they just don't you know we're going to talk about colorado oil and gas commission and this setback rule and, and we're not going to dive too much into it because i want to save that for monday show but you know they, my, they mentioned the lack of science between moving that the, there's no real science to show moving back there's no real science to show that a renewables, completely renewables grid, or even close to complete renewables grid, 
This is what you get. So it's... You know, Michael, it's a balanced diet of power. And that goes through a lot of things in your life. If you got a balanced diet of workout, oh, you know, you go through a balanced diet that your mom always beats you up and says, hey, you got to eat your veggies. Uh, I still hate salads. But when you get a balanced diet of power, that means solar, wind, uh, renewables. Okay, balanced. You got nukes, you got natural gas, and you got coal. All right, what's the goal? take care of the environment, be a good steward, lowest kilowatt per hour mesh, a balanced diet of power. You're going to need fossil. You're going to need renewables. You're going to need everything. So let's have a balanced, smart plan. The energy consumption diet. I love it. As we move into Wednesday, finally, the perma bulls on the equity side take home. We had a big recovery, about 25% of the losses that were inflicted over that three day selling in terms of overall indices rose. NASDAQ was up two and a half percentage points. Uh, or excuse me, Dow Jones was up 2.4 percentage points. NASDAQ was up two and a half or 2.8. SP was 2.5 percentage points. Crude oil had a little bit of a bump in the afternoon. There was some expected build. In, in, or there was going to be some expected draws in crude oil inventories, which drove prices up to like uh, above over $38. Um, um, natural gas continued to tumble, though, all the way down to $2.46. Um, when we look at some of the big things that happened that day, we'll kind of take them in reverse orders. Avaro Energy um, wins uh, Arex Asset 363 Exchange, so... Uh, uh, if you guys are following Approach Resources, filed for 363 Chapter or Chapter 11 bankruptcy with a 363 exchange, which means they're selling all their assets, goes to the highest bidder. Zavaro Energy actually lost out in another 363 exchange uh, two months ago. Finally gets in on $115 million. We'll see what happens there. Another pipeline project canceled. Midland to Echo 4 and Houston Enterprise Product Partners go ahead and cancels that. Not good to see means to. We've been on that for a hot minute. Pipeline infrastructure is going to be key. If you have it, you're in River City. But the biggest story of Wednesday, and this and this and this is something I think we're all going to have to talk more about on Monday as we dive into it. If you remember two weeks ago, Chevron acquired Noble Energy in an all cash deal, or excuse me, was it a cash or stock deal? Uh, stock. I think it was an all stock deal, um, but uh, for about five billion uh, in value. Well, Elliott Management Corp who run by Paul Singer. If you guys remember these guys, these guys failed. These guys are you know, known as inve- activist investors, attempted yep. to get QEP to sell itself two years ago. Didn't work out. Nope. They're back. They've purchased a, not a majority stake, but a, a minority stake in Noble, enough to get a seat on the board and for them to start having strategic talks with their with their board. They are against this deal. They're trying to nix it. They cite Mediterranean assets being undervalued and a you know a rebound in oil prices grossly oh or you know a, a rebound in oil prices gives a much better evaluation for Noble. They think they should stay where they are, sell the Mediterranean assets, wait till the oil price to continue to rise up and see that valuation. They think Chevron got a good deal. You know, as it looks today, I don't think they're going to be successful um, just because I, th- I think the outlook for crude oil doesn't look, it's not getting better day by day. Um, 
you know, any 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 long position, and this is a long position in oil and gas that Elliott is taking, is 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 apparent on one global inventories continue global inventories turning around and not building but drawing. We get we draw global inventories, but two rising global oil prices. I mean, we can't have thirty seven to forty five dollar oil and expect valuations to be great on oil and gas even if the outlook you know especially if the outlook is that terrible i mean go look at 12 month strip is 41 dollars. 12 month strip not good you know michael uh, i think elliot's listening to our show because the mediterranean turkey cyprus the whole group uh is actually having a real turf war over there hey, a little fact check on ourselves. uh it is a stock trade and um will receive uh, uh, ballpark 12 cents for each share. Transaction was 13 billion. Um, so you take a look at all of the stuff going on in the Mediterranean. Um, I could see why Elliot wants to try to put their foot into it because it is gonna be way overvalued. We had four articles on all of the problems and, and things going on in Turkey. Uh, Turkey was left out of the seven uh, country consortium. They called it Club Med. And uh, I ran that one out yesterday. Club Med. And they left uh, the Dodge last kid on the block, like we talked about last night. Uh, they left Turkey out because Turkey's trying to conquer the world over there. Yeah. So uh, I could see why Elliot wants it. Yeah. If they are listening to the show, Eek. <laughs> be careful guys be careful um stu we, you um yeah we offer entertainment <laughs> we offer entertainment only you know as we move into thursday we finally got inventory data which is what drove oil prices back down below 37 dollars we actually saw a, a two million barrel build if you look at our our doe crude oil inventories available at the world's greatest website oil hey, and gas three shout out to michael you did fantastic on those dashboards we have more uh, dashboards coming and I really like them. I've been using them. Uh, we had big hits on them already. So nice job. Yeah, no, they're nice. And we'll, you know, we'll continue to update these as we go forward. Cushion, uh, cushion crude stocks came in 2 billion or 2 million barrel build. Not what we were hoping to see. We we're really hoping to see a draw. U.S. weekly production up 300,000 barrels to 10 million barrels. Even with, as we see some of this stuff come on back line from hurricane Laura, um, total U.S. stocks, like I mentioned, 500 million. Even um, recent gas, you know, total U.S. average gas price is two dollars and twenty-one cents, seventy-one point eight percent for utilization on refinery, which is which is which is up, but down from what it would be nice around this time. We've we've been seeing it in the high sixties. Good to see that number now in the seventies. But I really want to see that number back in the high seventy-fives as we move forward here. We look at the natural gas side. Um. Total U.S. stocks were up 70 billion cubic feet. Um, what, what, what was really nice is we saw a draw in total stocks in the mountain uh, in, in sort of our region. And we saw you know pretty much a draw everywhere except when it came to the salt region. So why we, have a, why we had an increase in total U.S. stocks is because um, the U.S. is store some in their salt domes in the, international, in, in the petroleum stocks. The way I've got it broken down here is just by the each region. So if you go look on our crude oil dashboard, East, Midwest, Mountain, Pacific, South Central. So all basins we drew, which is great. That means a little bit of demand's coming back. Now, not reflected in the price of 
Natural gas, we're still down trading $2.28, but we did see a total stock rise, which sort of balances it out. Um, you can go look and kind of see the historical you know, patterns that, that happen uh, as though those come out, these come out Thursday every week, crude oils comes out Wednesday, but today, just or this week because of the holiday, they push both back to Thursday. Kind of the other thing that happened yesterday, it was the 2,000 foot setback, and this is, this is a Colorado, you know, if, if you live in Colorado, you're, you're familiar with Senate Bill 181. It basically is, is a huge shift of power from local governments or, or, or from a regulatory body that is supposed to, and I guess I should put it this way. The, the shift, what, what's funny was there was, a, there was a shift in 2017 of let's move power away from local governments because Boulder and some of these more liberal towns were very restrictive on what you could and couldn't do with oil and gas. And so the move from, from, the, from the government, from the state legislator was let's, let's move the power into the Colorado Oil and Gas Commission, the COGCC, which... At the time, now we didn't have a conservative governor per se, but John Hickenlooper was very, as I would call, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. He fit that. If you want to call anyone a, you know, you want to call anyone a libertarian, he was close. Now he might sway one way or the other, but he he was in favor of that. Well, now as we change as, as we change governments, we go from John Hickenlooper to Jared Polis, much more on the left. That becomes unfortunate because now. Really, there are you know, four out of the five commissioners on that um, um, Colorado Oil and Gas Commission. I, I, I don't want to say the word not friendly to oil and gas, but they're not lifers. They're not. They're, they they come at it from a much more skeptical standpoint, and that's why that's where you're seeing this. I mean, this past the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission was put up to a vote for them to move the setbacks on where you can and can't drill. So basically, how close you can be to what's called an occupied structure. Right now, it's about 500 feet. Moving it back to two thousand feet to kind of to kind of give you an idea, it's about six percent of current U.S. production or U.S. Weld County production that falls within that. That would be a lot. Holy smokes, um, that would that be causing uproar? Um, well, fact fact check on that one. Oh, yeah, fact check me. Where's the fact checkers? Live at the bottom here. Um, it's like six percent of current current production resides in that 500 um and if you talk about total recoverable oil that they would consider you move that number up to 10 when you move this back to 2000 feet the numbers jump to 33 and 45 so that's where you saw yesterday companies like pdc dcp western midstream they're dropping over 10 percent. all of them pdc was down a whopping 21 percentage points we'll see what happened they open here you know as i got cnbc pulled up down here implied dow open 68 percent are 68 points up. S&P implied open 32 points. NASDAQ implied open. Um, Michael, you uh, So that's going to be really good. It's, it's So we're going to see an uptick in the markets today. So will be interested to see how this gets priced in. And if we see PDC and some of these com- uh, companies continue to fall, while well, maybe at the open we might see a slight rise in these indices. What's up, Stu? Uh, on the, you know, on our show we use crayons and napkins. You did Do all cra- of our math and yeah. analysis with crayons and on napkins. Yes, and so I think your crayon was going nutty yesterday. And how how much in market cap did you calculate? It was like four hundred, like four hundred twenty million of market Just, cap off one vote. Yeah. So yeah, how many feet per market cap dollar? I'm kidding. I mean that that it's no, I know it's a lot. I, we could we do the math. It's a lot. You know, it's in the ten millions per <laughs> foot. Um, you know, I, I saw some analysis that said that this is a 
you know, I, I read some analysis that, 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 you know, talk about the other side of this that said um, that this is a, 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 a mostly a, 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 you know, there's no real, the, no one was drilling, even though there was oil close to those structures, nobody was actually putting rigs there. And that's really what the point is. So I, I think right. people are saying this is more of a symbolic vote. Oh, we're becoming when when because it's really about rigs. This isn't about this is this is about where the wellhead is. This is right. not you can have a lateral underneath somebody. That's fine. They don't. That's not what they're talking about. It's where's the where, where's the wellhead? And I think that can be, you know, I, I saw arguments from both sides saying we can work around that. And this is more of a, so you know to play dead not devil's advocate, but I always like to look at both sides. While it may it could just be symbolic. I just don't like sometimes being symbolic is annoying, but hey, sometimes you got to do. Well, what you let do. me throw this at you uh, from a environmental standpoint, and I'm I'm asking the question. Uh, maybe some of our listeners can uh, chunk this back at us, but if you do just standard well, uh, it uses less fracking. So if everybody's all grumpy about fracking, um, go you know you're going to use less horizontal lines, less fracking fluid, less of everything that drives people nuts. So you go back 2000 feet, you're gonna drive the cost up per well per drill, and then you're gonna increase the fracking fluid. So, you know, they're gonna be affecting things uh, negatively as far as that. Now, the tax revenue, hello McFly, they yeah, need- no, it's, 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 don't get me started. Okay, sorry. Uh, Don't get me started about the tax revenue. I think I think we have to dive into this more on Monday's show because uh, okay. I think there's a lot to dive into. Yeah, sorry. We need to. I'm going to see about how much that is from our listeners. I'm sure I'm going to get some emails on that. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna need to. We're gonna we're gonna need to get into that. Um, we also joked about a uh, giant two to one discovery, but that's on the news. I think it's a good time now. What what happened this week? That's a good. I mean, we're st- and and that kind of brings us up to to September eleventh as we sit here at at uh, at six fifty four, uh, Mountain Standard Time. That's U.S. shit. Anything on the international side? I know I I, I teased the Saudi stuff on Tuesday, but that that, that was why oil price tanked. There's oh, no other, absolutely. No other way around it. So what happened this week in the international news desk? Well, the the Saudi thing when the big pricing was was really really big, mm-hmm. and uh, I, we need to go into this a little bit later. But they're trying. You want my personal opinion? Uh, I, conspiracy theory. I think they're trying to take out the U.S. Uh, I think there's a little bit of their decision-making is selfish. And I think some of it is to take out the U S uh, energy independence, personal opinion have nothing to do on that, that, you know, people have said that, but uh, BP let's touch on BP for a sec. When they talked about that uh, announcement, you and I had been covering BP's move to green uh, months ago. And what BP is trying to do is cut down their oil production around the world, except in, I believe, Guyana, because it's the cheapest to produce. But the amount of uh, project money that they're putting into is renewables. They're morphing into a renewable. And on the chart that you found, um, on the low end, um, I believe it was BP and Exxon were the least profitable and then barely made some profit on Exxon and BP did not do. Chevron did very well in the middle uh, on this. And that was because they had less um, 
uh, renewables. So Chevron actually was very well balanced through the price of oil. And then you had uh, Exxon and BP. How do you like my crayon? And, and I love it. I love it. You got to get, I need more, I need more yeah. waves. Need more yeah, waves. yeah. For our, our podcast, you know, podcast listeners, they have to see my hands doing the, the charting. Yeah. Okay. So when you take a look at that BP, it was huge. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it was a huge article. And so uh, on the international news desk, you and I just had a real chuckle yesterday. Uh, with Turkey, uh, those two articles were just absolutely hilarious. Uh, their new field that they called was uh, Tuna One. <laughs> what a minute. I, I just, Wouldn't you do, like to? Somebody email. How did they come up with these names? Or did, do they just let people in, in the company pick the names of the wild? I've always wondered that. I, I don't know, but Tuna One? I, Giant I, Tuna. Giant Tuna One. And uh, this is coming on the heels of... Uh, Turkey's announcement that they're going to go into Libya and be the EMP company for them, basically. And then Turkey has all, you know, we just mentioned they're not a player in the Club Med, uh, but Turkey also had a very big discovery three weeks ago, I believe, in the Black Sea. So Turkey is an all nonstop uh, energy provider and energy independence and the entire Middle East is going to energy independence. They're trying to get away from anybody. Why in the U.S. trying to focus on energy independence? And I'm going to throw out one thing. You and I have had the NOPAC, North American mm -hmm. oil producers. Let's trade with Mexico. Let's beef up Canada. Let's beef up our stuff. Let's not have uh, other people determine our fate. Yep. Sorry. There's my rant. You're right. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about that. <laughs> it is funny that I think, you know, who's who's in, you know, and this is something that one of my favorite people, Tisha Schuler, always talks about is who's in the, you know, and she comes at this from a, 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 a from a renewable standpoint, but she she comes at it from a, hey, we need to, you know, be a little bit. But her philosophy was always been if there's anybody who's in the best position to take over and really dominate the renewable space and do it right and do it profitably, it's oil and gas. And yeah. so I think what you're seeing with this offshore wind project is just that. Yep. They're, they're morphing it into project. Uh, big oil companies have wonderful project management uh, systems. They've been doing it for years. You don't put in some, these offshore rigs. You don't put in these gigantic deals and these huge things without project management. And you take a look at some of the solar uh, new companies. They don't have the expertise in project management from all the way from sourcing the product all the way out to the thing. It is not something that's easy. And working with some of the big oil companies in the past, they got project management. And that's how you'd save money. That's how you mm. roll these things out. Wind farms and floating uh, solar panels and, you know, floating solar things. None of that's easy. You got to have engineers. You got to have products. You got to source it. Um, and some of the new newer companies don't necessarily have all that. Oh, floating offshore solar panels. I can't wait to see that. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I don't think... I've I've said I've seen some stuff on tidal wave 
generation where you basically have these motors that ebb and flow with the tides and you go to places that have really violent tides it's interesting i don't know if it's sustainable I, or not i i personally like it now some of the ones that have the paddle arms and i'm and if you're a podcast listener up my both my arms are out and i'm going up and down like a, a paddle he just took his shirt off. Whoa, Stu. <laughs> just kidding. And I do not have a Speedo on. Now, <laughs> now um, I used to swim many, many years ago, and, and I look a little different in the Speedo now. But that, all that. You're being... biking 100 miles a week. I'm sure you look pretty good in a Speedo compared to me. Oh, no, but I'm old. As you called me, uh, Mr. Social Security, I'm still growing. Hey, you were the one that talked about your shiny bald head this morning. And you were the one that, so I, oh, nah, I just have to bring it up on the podcast. Smoking me, dude. I'm just giving smoking. you a hard time. I love it. That's a fantastic one. You have smoked me a couple times, and I absolutely respect the fact that a young millennial can smoke me. Oh, you do the same for me. You get me fan in front of my face on the pot. So I, just, I owed you a couple. Um, so what else in the international news? Was that everything? Um, I know I know. I took a lot of the wind out of your segment by doing the Saudi stuff, but really that's that's what drove price down. That's what really we saw. We have some more stuff. Uh, I've got some sources I'm trying to double check, but we have more stuff coming up on the Noble as well as the Middle East uh, and Mediterranean next week. And so I don't want to, I can't, you know, you got to double check, triple check. And, um, I don't, so we're, uh, we're journalists, Stu, we're journalists well, I, <laughs> and we're fun entertainment. But exactly. So we are not journalists. That's a complete joke. I, I wouldn't take any of my advice. Seriously. I just throw data no. at you. But on the other hand, we've been right a lot. So <laughs> don't I wouldn't take my advice. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move in to the oil price structure for the week. Guys, as always, this is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research. Check them out, sandstonecg.com. Call them, 949-561-1818. From a, from a price action standpoint, guys, it was just selling levels after selling levels after selling levels after selling levels. Point of controls dropped from 41 even, 40, you know, we saw 40. 41 even 40 next day came in at 38 we really horrible we saw two levels get broken you know right now when we look at our levels i see two levels i i, I think a bottom's 35 35 and i think if we get below that number i, I think people are going to really start to panic quickly because there's a big sack of volume between 35 and, tw- and 30 that really happened now we we got to go back to when we started this podcast so i think that's the floor i think that's what's really going to freak people out if we see things run if we talk about what's happened since september 1st our point of control is 3733 so i mean we're, we're we're trading a little bit below it might be some value here but but really i'd, I'd like to get it to that 3682 level if you're looking at getting any longs in specifically on the day trade side i like 3781 as an exit point especially if you're in at that 36 level 3650 level give yourself you know that's a good dollar that's over a dollar profit right there boy that's a thousand it's like 12 eh, it's like 1100 bucks in your pocket don't get greedy people um sometimes just bagging a dollar is the best thing you can do trust me i i, I should have done that multiple times there's a slick patch that runs from 3781 38 72 um i like 39.15 but that's really just kind of where it fell off the table anything on the upside 39.73 40.17 i mean these are the levels we had from earlier we'll never get to touch them i think i think our cap is is, is 38.72 i wouldn't necessarily see oil price uh you know popping above uh uh, uh plopping above that excuse me but you never know um 
my, my bias next week, I, you know, like I said, you have to tune into Monday's show. I'm leaning neutral just because I think 35, 35 is the floor. It'll be interesting to see where we close today at, Stu. Um, that'll set a lot of my bearish. You know, on the energy equity side, I mean, we just saw red after red after red. Um, you know, and, and then obviously we saw some some politics stuff drop Thursday, which really dropped some specific ones. But you know, equities are going to flow with what oil price does. So we're going to see that XOP contract continue to stumble as long as oil price continues to handle. We're going to be following all of the redeterminations. Um, as I mentioned, DOE crude inventory numbers did not come out well next week. You know, I don't I don't really know what the numbers going to look like last week. I'm sure we'll see a slight production increase. But we'll see. Um, I think we'll see a nice. I think hopefully we can flip and get a nice little draw on natural gas. But we'll have to see, Stu. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, and anything, any updates from Tomcat? What's he seeing in oil price? Do we know? Um, and Tomcat's out of energy for just a little bit. He's smart. Uh, I mean, okay, I say that with a grain of salt. It's tough to be long right now in oil and gas. It's I, tough. He's he's got about four that he and I will be talking about over the weekend, and uh, he's taking a look at them. But right now he's doing other items. And yesterday he was beating his head on the table, and I heard it from, <laughs> from where he lives. It's like yeah, no it was like a tom tom. <laughs> That's funny. We'll go. Well, then what we'll do is we'll check in back with the three hundred and sixty official non official fund on Monday. We can get an update from Tomcat about what he's got going on. I'm looking at the time here, Stu. We're running up on 40 minutes here. Anything else you got for the show? What did we miss? I think we did a good job today. I think so, too. It was a lot of fun, and thanks for talking about my uh, head, my uh, beautiful haircut. Loved it, dude. You did great. Hey, again, great shout-out to our September 11th and remembering them. Fantastic. Uh, It has still been an issue for the families and the first responders we love our first responders uh we love all the folks and uh i know where i was on september 11th so uh, our shout out to uh all of the folks affected by september 11th great job well 100 guys and I, I think there's no better way to 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 to, to end and, and let you get out of here start your day step one of a two-step hall pass process check us out this afternoon the closing bell 2 p.m mountain standard time live on youtube from an undisclosed location. And you guys go ahead and get out of here and finish up today. Thank you for checking out the 360s reports. I just want to be YouTube. We'll see you guys this afternoon for the Digital Tickets.